Hey everybody and welcome to We've Lost the Plot. My name's Devin Wright and Caro does not get an intro because she tried to do an intro bit that wasn't good. And it was, it was very really bad. Good. It was very it bad. It was just def- today. It was defamatory. Today, we're, yes, it was slander. <laughs> it was. It wasn't actually libel because it was true, but it had to do uh, with me and uh, playing his own most dangerous game. Yes, we'll leave it at that. We read mystery. the most dangerous. Speaking ga- <laughs> of, we read. We read the, the most, most dangerous game, boy. We read uh, the most dangerous game, boy. Bye. Bye. Leo Tolstoy. Heck yeah. And it is a it's a short story. Yeah, short story, um, short podcast. Which which ruled, okay, it sounds like Devin just doesn't want me anymore because I made one mean joke about him <laughs> uh, that will be cut. So, <laughs> so it's a short story and I read it on a plane. So that's just the setting. Nice. And you'll, that's a little bit of insight into how this uh, podcast is run. All right. Caroline, on a plane, going back to school. I'm back at school. Thanks for asking. You're it's, welcome. Uh, it's cold. It just snowed. And then all the snow melted. It's really crazy here in the big mass hole. It, Thank you. It uh, rained the other day here. Well, it snowed. And I was not wearing snow attire because that's not what the forecast said. All right. Boop, bop, boop, bop, 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 bop. Okay. All right. So let's so, uh, get into it a little bit. Uh, dangerous so, game. Uh, I actually Kinda. already recorded the interview with Henry, who's the person who chose this book and who's my and classmate. And without Caroline. Yes, and without Caroline, just because of scheduling. And We're so busy. my points are kind of precursors to what you will hear about in my discussion with Henry, and which gets a little bit inside baseball, but that's fine. Caro, you know what time it is. Oh, it's time for the recap. Uh, uh, you please go first. <laughs> okay. Uh, count me down. Uh, in five, four, three, two, one. Rainsford's on a boat. He's going fast. I, I think that's a lyric to something. And uh, all the pirates are very scared. They're not pirates. They're just sailors. Uh, they're very scared because they're in a part of the water. That's bad. Um, and then... Um, Rainsford falls off the boat and finds himself on an island. Uh, on the island, he meets a very large man who uh, happens to be the bodyguard for a man named Zaroff. And Zaroff reveals that he's hunting human people. And then he's like, Rainsford, do you want to be hunted? And Rainsford's kind of into it. So then Rainsford spends three days running away from Zaroff and ends up in his curtains. And at the end, uh, I didn't realize this when I read through it the first time, uh, Rainsford apparently kills Zaroff and then sleeps in his bed. And uh, mm. I thought that they just went on the rest of their lives uh, doing the, the most dangerous game every day where Rainsford was going to get hunted by Zaroff for eternity. And I thought it was uh, a weird, like, um, okay, that's it. thing. <laughs> Thanks. You did it. You were doing really well. And then you <clears throat> kind of started to analyze it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, with, like, it's, 10 a, seconds it's a left. short story. So, like, it took me yeah. as long as that recap to read the dang thing. That's not actually true. It took me like a half an hour, um, but still. Well, yeah, it took ready? me half an hour on a plane. Yeah, I'm Three, ready. two, one, go. Okay, so it starts out with this guy named Raimi, and he is a big game hunter, which means he likes to hunt elephants and tigers and whatnot, but uh, kind of under the skies of like this macho-ness. So one day his uh, boat does a bad, and he uh, swims to an island that's dangerous and filled with a, a old Russian like monarch who loves hunting, but he loves hunting 
people and people will get be treated like the animals that Rainsford had once hunted and Rainsford's like cool I'll try it um and so he uh runs around uh and is kind of getting hunted and if he wins this game then he wins so he uh pitches himself off a cliff to avoid being killed and they think it's done but he kind of pulls a hunger games and then he uh is caught um or he doesn't he isn't caught he survives the fall off the cliff because he's and he's mad and so he goes to the russian guy and kills him and stop metaphor for america (laughs) okay nice i feel like you got a lot there so um the first uh like small point i want to make is that this book or this short story rather was originally published in 1924 uh so it's very old and i think that that's like one of the most interesting things about it it's like super old but it it reeks of like the hunger games or like or i guess the hunger games reeks of it right it really uh resonated with me that it 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 reminded me a lot of like lord of the flies in no it's very lord of the flies i never read lord of the flies but i get it yeah, and, and we're gonna read Lord of the Flies we will, eventually. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, we kind of get into this, me and Henry, but it's very much about the grossness of men. Yeah, super gross. Um, I think it's definitely also significant that one man is American and one man is Russian, and it's written by a Russian man. Well, they're both men, but I just think that I think it's also a point of their nationalities also and yeah. what it means to be a man in both right and and a lot uh, of uh there's a lot of r- racist stuff in oh, in Zaroff's uh character <laughs> and Zaroff is the russian gentleman yes who was he used to be an aristocrat but was run off by the commies right and uh now he hunts people for fun for which, sport which, which i love the hunger games so the difference between man and animal, I think, is very significant here, and it definitely uh, brings up the question of what is the difference between man and animal, because there isn't really one, and that's kind of the point that Zaroff is making, where he's he seems very smart and very passionate, but he's also definitely a psychopath. And a murderer, yeah. And a murderer, but he has... like I'm not saying he has a point, but like he does raise a very interesting question about like what... What's so different between Rainsford and then the elephants and tigers that he hunts? Like, there's not much of it. And so he um, kind of puts man itself on its head and makes and treats them like animals because there is a, another option to being hunted. Like, so you're either going to be in his world, you are either hunted for three days and you can live, like, you can survive, or if you don't want to be hunted for three days you can be chained and whipped which is kind of like an old school zoo idea or just general treatment of animals a lot so it's kind of interesting i think it eventually concludes that or at least i read it that there's not much of a difference right between man and animal especially um man coming back to kill it's animal coming back to kill yeah, Man animal coming back way. for the kill, you know? Yeah. Uh, a weaker animal. Because, like, as Zaroff is not as strong as, like, Rainsford is. Right, and anything, animals so. and humans are not as strong as animals, um, which right. is a very... so he's yeah. coming... So it's very animalistic to come back and Yes, kill and, and we can talk about kind of the understandability of Zaroff's point of view, which is kind of gross, because, like, the Zodiac Killer mentioned 
uh, or alluded to this short story in letters he wrote during the time that he was, you know, killing people. Yeah, was, yeah. I, I hope it was that time so and he wasn't just, it's, like, uh, writing letters. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an interesting, you know, it's very clearly something that Tolstoy and a lot of people seem to think is inherent in humanity. Is this, like, Definitely. this eventual well, I think, conclusion yeah, that I human is that... not different from animal? Exactly, and I think there's also a claim that humans are just drawn to violence that can be made here. Right, and we should talk about this because that is why it reminds me of Lord of the Flies. Because And reminds me of Hunger Games. Yeah, but I think it's an interesting, when you put it in the frame, me and Henry talked about this a lot, in that people talk all the time about if Lord of the Flies was done with women, that the... It, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, I, like, and there's sides, a whole bunch of sides to that argument. Like, I can make an argument on why it would happen, but right. But uh, it's an I interesting thing to point. look it's at. A, it's a good. Yeah. It's a. I mean, it's like obviously, like it's the same scenario. I mean, being put on an island and killing and stuff like that as a very Lord of the Flies kind of like a glimpse of what people think of the upper class, right? And and, and their abilities to survive and the way that humans are are actually just primal disgusting animals like you know it, it yeah. gets we're all primal folks yeah you ever you ever run up the stairs a little bit on your hands <laughs> I, it's a little primal <laughs> yeah a little a little primal we should talk um oh i like i like this little bit twisted jumanji well it is like twisted jumanji and i was gonna actually i forgot to but i was gonna look up and see if um jumanji was any bit kind of based on it but this kind of idea of animals running a whole game and violence. I don't know. Yeah. I, I like Jumanji. I just thought <laughs> it kind of tied in. Jumanji's real good. I haven't seen the new movie and I don't want to, but yeah. Jumanji's really good. My mom liked the new Jumanji, I think. Okay. Well, I like your mom. <laughs> okay. So, um, hi, Mindy. You talked a little bit about this, uh, that it's kind of like Hunger Games. Uh, Henry mentioned this as well, that it, in 1924, this whole like romanticization and glorification of violence was happening in books back then as well, and in a seemingly just satirical like that. right, and in a seemingly satirical way. The same way why Mindhunter is such a popular TV show and like yeah, Criminal Minds and we just like Battle Royale and uh, unrelatable. We talked about uh, like video games, um, like uh, Fortnite and. Player unknowns battlegrounds and all these different video games that are the same way. You know, I'm glad I wasn't there for the conversation, and my feelings <laughs> aren't at all hurt anymore. <laughs> um, so we should talk real quick because uh, this is going to be a pretty short podcast about. Yes. I don't know if you did any research. I have not, uh, and I think that that makes this part of the conversation odd, but I think still interesting about whether this short story is satire. I think that it is. I, here are my reasons. Um, it is an absurd situation. Yes. Like you, there is no such thing as this island where people can just die. That's true. Um, and be hunted. So I do think it is satire. I think that the the final portion of the like I think the final conclusion. Final conclusion. I got this. <laughs> um, that's pretty bad. I think the conclusion is too much of a point, like too much of a solid point to be ignored as satire. And it is almost a warning about the powers of the upper class because, I mean, both of these men are upper class citizens. Yeah. And it does seem, 
I also, I, um, while I'm on this, turning into a tangent. So, I mean, at the time, America is still kind of, um, I've kind of fresh in the game. It's kind of the beginning of America, like 1924. America's uh, has just got out of World War One, so America's kind of uh, new on the global stage. Um, and I think that this almost could be the perception of America. This kind of like, uh, of course, Rainsford is American. I think, uh, picture like very distinctly making him a member of the U.S. and then. He's very bloodthirsty. And Zaroff and is like an old Russian czar who has been dethroned. Exactly. Yeah. So that's an image of like Russia is that it's kind of old. But then like Rainsford is like this young, angry guy who just wants to kill for fun. Like that could just, it might not be anything, but I kind of read into that. No, I definitely think that's um, there. I just think it's a very interesting that he chose like Russia and America. I mean, like Tolstoy was Russian; he could have done two Russians. Right, and uh, and this kind of gets back to the this the satire idea that there are a lot of deliberate choices made, and right. the but the thing we get into, and this is why there's there's an idea in today's media of satire that is so invested in itself that it become that it doesn't have a lot of the obvious tells that we're used to in satire. Yeah, so I almost Johnson, say that there's when, like that a lot of people who say they're doing satire actually aren't and their heads are just up their ass. Because right. uh, satire is very difficult to actually pull off and Rick and Morty, dare I say, is not satire. Well, Rick and Morty, <laughs> the people who make it go into it wanting it to be satirical. But at some right. point they get so invested in the idea that of it being satirical that it, that it, it isn't right. anymore. And, and that's right. kind of... Okay. The same I have thing. not seen Rick and Morty. And, and I don't even think it, it would be uh, the fault of the creators of Rick and Morty, but rather the fans so of the it. The fans who are like, oh, you have to be intelligent to understand right. Rick. I do and not. It is a kid's show. It is the same way that people watch Fight Club uh, that that don't realize that it's satire. and uh, Yeah, and the satire on the, the terror of masculinity. Right. <laughs> and, and over... And and that's really the toxic masculine, right? Whatever it's called. You know, back in olden, back in the olden days, when you read Jonathan Swift, you knew it was satire because it, it was incredibly absurd. And with this, yeah. people who read it in 1924 would have known that it was satire because of how absurd the idea was. But in today's media landscape, a lot of our art is so absurd, but not satire. That when we see satire, it is not. It's not as easy for us to identify it. I also really, which I mean, it is supposed to be like that. I know that a lot of like maybe there's been a lot of controversy around Lord of the Flies since it was written that people don't realize it's satire and um, right. that they think it's like a fun story. But usually the people who think it's a fun story are the ones that uh, they're directly making fun of. Uh, and Same with I, Fight Club. It, yeah, exactly. It's exactly Fight Club. Like, oh, we all want to fight with Brad Pitt. Yeah, what would Tyler Durden do? It's like... What would that, like not exist because you are him? Yeah. Next question, and, <laughs> like yeah, it, which it exactly. hurts my feelings specifically because <laughs> like my I think my favorite literary device of all time is satire because I think it's just so clever, which is kind of like dickish, but yeah. <laughs> I love satire and I hate when people misuse it because usually it's not satire. It's like not it's not a a synonym for comedy which people seem to think it is right or it's not a synonym for humor it's like satire is satire <laughs> like, 
yeah uh, by its nature satire does not have to be humorous it is in a lot no. of its incarnations because it's easier to understand if it's humorous, right or easy it's uh it appeals more if it's humorous. yes it doesn't alienate the audience it is making fun of if it is funny right and yeah. so i think we're pretty good there if you're okay to go yeah. there I think we're good. After this, you will hear me and Henry, a classmate at NYU, uh, talk about the book. Cool. Um, wait, are we doing quotes? Oh, um, Ted. <laughs> let's do our, yeah, we'll do our quotes. So, that was... Hey, everyone. Oh, oh, well, that was Jesus. such a... I'm going to... I'm talking. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I feel like I scared you. We are going into our quotes section where we talk about our favorite quotes yes. from the whole, the whole game. I actually had to pull uh, the text up. And so I'll start. Yes. My quote is, but sometimes I think sailors have an extra sense that tells them when they are in danger. Sometimes I think an evil, evil is a tangible thing with wavelengths just as sound and light might have. An evil place can, so to speak, broadcast vibrations of evil. I like that quote because I'm a very superstitious person and I think that it just applies to me, which is maybe negative, but I, I just like the way it's written. Thanks, Tolstoy. Nice. Uh, okay, so this is a quote. It's something that Zeroff says. It says, No animal had a chance with me anymore. That is no boast. It is a mathematical certainty. The animal had nothing but his legs and his instinct. His instinct is no match for reason. And it's my favorite because it's gross. I Like, I hate... I When Zeroff says that, I, I, I gag a bit. And that's why I like it. Yeah. Hey, guys. We're here with Henry. Say hello, Henry. Hi. And we do not have Kara because of a bunch of scheduling things. But we're here in a studio at NYU where we both go to school. And you guys already heard mine and Kara's discussion of this short story, which is the most dangerous game, but we haven't actually had that discussion yet, so this is happening before that one. But I'm going to have Henry give a little plot synopsis. Henry chose this short story for us to read, so he's going to talk about it a bit, then we'll get into discussion. Alright, so essentially there's a boat with a bunch of sailors on it, and an island uh, known as Shipwreck Island, uh, or Isle, Yeah. one or the other. Anyways. Um, so a bunch of the sailors are really like scared of going near it. So this dude, who's the captain of the ship, is like, no worries, I'm gonna go to sleep. Next thing that happens, he's on the island, the ship is wrecked, everyone has died. He's, he's on the island, he finds this palace on a cliff, meets this butler man named Ivan, uh, who brings him in. Yeah, he's real big. Yeah, he's real big. He meets in, he, meet, uh, he brings Rainsford in to come and meet with this dude, Zaroff. How do you want to pronounce that? Zaroff? 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 I like Zaroff. Zaroff, yeah. Yeah, that sounds that, yeah. Marvel-like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and then Zaroff um, starts talking about how he's a hunter, but he's got bored with regular games, so he's, he started hunting a new animal. Turns out it's humans. Yeah, it's real people. He wants to hunt Rainsford, who is a very skilled hunter himself. Plot happens, and then uh, Rainsford and Zaroff, neither of them die. Ivan dies in a trap. And then Rainsford finds his way into the palace, sneak attacks, or well, just like jumps out of a curtain, says like, boom, Zaroff, I got you. And then uh, they go to sleep. And it should so, be noted this story is older, it's like more than 70 years old. Yeah, it's super it's, old. It's an old story. It's uh, 1920s. Yeah, let me look about. Um, yeah, but, 1924. But the but what I think is super interesting is not necessarily the story itself, but what the story has inspired. I think that's what do you crazy. Mean? Okay, so this story, 
um, from my research, loosely inspired paintball. Really? Yes. What? Paintball. But I also have a very strong sense that this also inspired The Hunger Games and Fortnite. So, okay. And the movie Battle Royale. So, about 42 ninth graders. Yeah, so everybody, or like Lord of the Flies, like everybody talks about how like Battle Royale was Hunger Games before Hunger Games and all these kids like don't even know. But most dangerous game was Battle Royale before Battle Royale. Right, right, right. God. Rainsford was Katniss before she ever existed. Yeah, and we should talk a bit. So, so it's 1924. This book was written. Yeah, and it yeah. shows great year, one of the best years. Yeah, really good. One of the best Coolidge, I can remember. Great yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we talked about him in last week's podcast. Firmly in Coolidge. Uh, so, <laughs> it definitely shows because there's a lot of uh, racist uh, tendencies of Zaroff. Like he he speaks about like the different races of peoples that he's hunted. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember if it's an aspect of the story, but it seems like Rainsford is the first white man that Zaroff has hunted. Yeah, I, I get I get kind of uh, loose Tom Buchanan vibes from Zaroff. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, he's super manly man. He's yeah, like, I, I he's like I've outgrown real hunting. Right, right. But also lives by a heavily racialized code. Right. The toxic masculinity is everywhere in this in this short story. Oh, I love that. I love that in a good short. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it it really it, it kind of feeds in it, it almost comes back around the other side. It's almost like Fight Club. Fight Club is like a, a big satire about toxic masculinity. Speaking of, after watching and this is I'm just spitballing right now. Yeah, do it. Oh, I'm coming from a Freud class, so I'm, oh, I guess God. I have to call it free associating. No, so <laughs> what, um, okay, so after Fight Club, I felt almost similar as I did in this, or like when I watched The Hunger Games. Like, I feel violent afterwards. Like, <laughs> no, because they, they kind of romanticize the idea is, of like, of like human violence. Yes. Like Fight Club, like it's like, oh, it's this safe space in this, it's this deserted island where nobody will ever, ha will ever have to hear about what happens on here. Right. What happens is all, for the lack of a better word, on this island, legal, fair yeah. game. Yeah. And so, and so and the entire time I'm reading it, I'm like, well, shit, I wouldn't have done that. Well, right. Why are you so, climbing a tree, dumbass? So, Henry, <laughs> we should go into kind of why this should be read. Um, I think this should be read because of the history. Because yeah. I think it's so interesting to go back and look at, like, like this is really not the best um, example. So right. I think so I think in terms of fiction and how, like, um, fiction uh, yeah. has, has, has developed, I think that this source is still as important as what's being made, if not more important than what's being made, because it's, it's, the, it's the base. Yeah, totally. And I think um, not only is it just, like, a goofy, fun story to read, yeah. it's, like, just viscerally exciting. Mm -hmm. It's useful to read stories like this from an old time with all their problematicness or whatever it is. Like the answer, and nobody's really advocating for this, but the answer is obviously not to not read old problematic fiction. We had the same discussion in To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, that, oh my god. That, yeah, To Kill a Mockingbird is very white savior. Yeah. It's very, all the, the black characters are very two-dimensional. Right. And there's a lot of problems inherent, but the story is still meaningful, and we should still read it. Well, you know? it's, the, it's the idea that, like, there are, um, there are pieces of literature that, one, um, many have been... Um, kind of put up on a pedestal yeah. for their ideas rather than the language of them. Right. But also on the complete opposite side, because of horrible language that is used in literature, often 
stories that may contain interesting ideas are done away with very simply. This is really interesting, getting back a bit to like, uh, there's, a, there's a style of, of, of media right now that's very popular, and Rick of Morty is, is one of the pieces, a lot of uh, Bo Burnham's work is the same way, where it is so, it is satire that so leans into its own satire that it kind of becomes the thing it's satirizing. It, it comes back to the most dangerous game in... Now we finally circled back. It's definitely, it can definitely be viewed as that same kind of media, which is... Like, Satire that unfortunately people took too seriously. Exactly. And that's super interesting that something like that existed in 1924. Right. Uh, versus, which makes a lot of sense. A lot of the discussion that we have on the podcast is how much our humor and our style of art mirrors that of like the lost generation uh well i think and of the generation like that satire this type of media skips a generation yes yes but what, what i would say is that is that there is a, a a reason why why this story as satirical as it is has been made into so many different things if you think about paintball right as a concept yeah why? Yeah, but yeah. It's, but it's so much fun. It is Absolutely. so. I've had. I, I have such a good time playing paintball. Well, or Fortnite. Right. Even like it's less or, stakes. You're yeah, not we physically. Can talk about, you're not right. physically getting hurt. But right. The um. There are tons of these games. The uh. The calling. Uh, uh. Player on those battlegrounds. Daisy. All of these. Right. Right. So why? So, and and to that degree, I'm wondering: is there are there certain like because at some point. There should be a study as to whether or not this is just like a certain facet of humanity. Is the idea of, well, like, think, of like of like I I as the hunter need to prove myself as the well, greatest hunter? I would be very interested to. My inclination is the same as like the critique of like Lord of the Flies is that some people would say it's an innate facet of humanity mm -hmm. when in fact it is a innate facet of a male-dominated, white-dominated society. That sure, it is a tendency sure, of sure, white but... men to glorify and romanticize violence, whereas if you did Lord of the Flies or The Most Dangerous Game or any of these kinds of things with not white men, they wouldn't... Well, the but, same things wouldn't but, go down. But if, if you go back in history and you look, I do think it's a male issue, but I think I think... If you go back through history and you look at all the wars that happened, yeah, there, are, there and 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 you look at the reasons behind the wars to what do to like, so there there's, I mean during the during the time that this was written, there was pride in signing up for the military. There were, and, right. there, and still today, there's pride in signing yeah, up for the military but for and going to war. Who... And throughout history, there's pride in being a decorated war veteran right and i i think that i mean today there's a lot of honor in joining the military i come from a military family but a lot I do of people not. it should be noted yeah a lot of people <laughs> join the military to get their loan debt for oh, 100 or to escape 100%. people pe their yeah, yeah. financial situation and those kind of, of people course. are usually people not join the military a lot to get out of the place that yeah. they're in yeah yeah for sure yeah but i would and say forced into violence 
But I would still say before there was even a military industrial complex, right? There still was. There still was. Oh, yeah. Look like like looking up to people who served well in battle, and I think and I think this <clears> idea. <throat> so the the whole point I'm trying to get to is is essentially if that turns out to be a truth that this is something that people innately look to, yeah, and that. And way up to debate. This is an assumption that would be crazy. Oh, yeah. Can you satire something so innately in human nature? Because if you do that, to what degree will people believe it's satire? Right? So, so, yeah, so, and so I think, so, I think so, this... so the idea that people won't see something as satire, I think, I think the, the further it is away from themselves, the easier it is to see it see as satire. satire. Right. Well, Hunger Games but... is... Hunger but, Games is one big satire. Oh, Hunger and, Games and the is a movies, massive satire. And that's, that's the really interesting thing is the movies are the books with the satire taken out. It is, yeah. it is, the movies are what the books are making fun of, which is super interesting, right? That there's a, there, a, lot, of, a lot of satire is lost in translation mm-hmm. when an industry like the movie industry is dominated by the by the <laughs> by the emotional tendencies that are being satirized but oh, essentially yeah. so there's there's something i watched there's a show um on vice called hamilton's pharmacopoeia the only vice show i've, I've ever seen okay basically this guy is he's he um is a quote-unquote scientist who like looks back on the history of certain drugs okay mainly psychedelics and then he takes them so okay. and this and there's an episode where he take he goes to south africa and he takes this um this um, HIV medicine, which is also supposed to be a psychedelic, and it mm. shows. Um, this is getting really convoluted. Essentially, when the when the 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 drug is smoked versus when it is taken orally yeah. are two completely different drugs mm-hmm. because of the way that you are activating the drug through combustion or right. by taking it orally. Yeah. In the same way. <laughs> yeah. Books and movies. Yes. Okay, that's where I thought you were going with this. Books and movies, very different mediums. Right. Very different way of showing things. Imagination versus physically seeing. Yeah. Hearing, again, versus reading. Yeah. It's Being it, able it, to it, see into the mind of a person. Right, right, right. It's easy for you to create a satire if it's you imagining it. So so in my so so from my Freud class, from everything I heard about Freud, I'm just reading about Freud, it's so easy for me to just think of him as this like old white beardy man who snorts cocaine all the time yeah. right as opposed to if i saw a biopic of freud you see you and you see and you physically see right. thoughtfulness you and see, we can also see the the tendency of the industry that governs each that books when something is made into a movie there is going to be more of a tendency towards romanticization action there are different expectations of a movie versus well, of a well, book and, as an and, industry. And that, I would say, is, is mostly about money because the problem with satire is that you run the risk of pissing off an audience. So, 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 yeah. so you see the same bullshit every single year. There's, there's right. going to be an action movie with Tom Cruise that sucks yeah. or where he breaks an ankle or whatever the fuck happened to the yeah. Impossible, yeah, Mission Impossible. You're going to see all of that stuff yeah. because that's the status quo that's like the right. level at the level of and entertainment to... that the that the audience yeah. has asked for and will pay for and will continue to pay for yes and content so content like the most dangerous game i think the reason why it's come up so often is cuz that short story worked people bought it yeah so i definitely think this is satire <laughs> Well, I, I well, also think we're I, just reading it through a satirical lens which is equally as interesting i also right? think it's interesting Zaharoff doesn't seem to fear Zaroff doesn't seem to fear anything because I don't think he's ever had to fear anything. 
Right. In the same way, Isn't Rainsford's that very never. Clear? And the same thing, the one character that was chosen was Rainsford, who's never had to fear anything. He shows right. fear. Right. In 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 the short story, but. And so he's the one who wins the system that Zaroff has created because he is the a hunter. Really gotten into it. Nita. <laughs> I think I think that's a really nice place to end off. Yeah. So thank you, Henry, so much. Thank you. And uh, we'll give it back to um, me and Carol probably for an outro that's probably very bad. All right. Thanks, Henry. Have a good day. <laughs> Thanks for listening. To We've lost the plot. Uh, yes. What are we thank reading you so next much. week? I, ooh, next week. Ooh. We should have planned this. We're reading The Outsiders, Dingus. Oh, my God. We did plan it. Okay, let me start over. Ask me again. <laughs> All right, Carol, what are we reading next week? We're reading one of my favorite books, which is The Outsiders. I, It's so good. <laughs> yeah, since it's one of Kara's favorite books and I've never read it before, it will be another. Can you believe he hasn't read it? I read it like three times. <laughs> it's just going to be another me and Carol episode. And uh, so and hope Devin. you like that. It's gonna be fun. And uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and leave a comment and follow us on Twitter at Lost the Plot Pod and at like us Lost on Facebook at, at at We Lost the Plot. No, at Lost the Plot Pod. Oh. And on, uh, yeah, so like us and also like rate us and give us like comments. We, I like reading I that. We that. still only have one. Well, I just wanna emphasize that. We only have one comment, okay. and I would love more than also, that. Also, tell a friend, because that's the best way to spread this podcast around. Thank you so we much for listening. Fun. Go I love you guys. read a book or something. Go read a book. Bye.